If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 welcome to the Carolina Underground here as we're knocking on the gates of hell. It's so hot. <laughs> How you doing this evening? Ooh, I'm hot. Hot. I believe it. I'm going to tell you well, one thing. Yes, sir. I ate 46 ounces of Blue Bunny's new soft serve ice cream last night. I can believe it. And it I'm probably going more. back for round two tonight. <laughs> well, again, we had such an unusually cool spring, you know, that it's summer's going to be brutal because it's going to be summer. You know, yeah. I think it'll be a cooler summer than usual. But uh, well, at least we're not you know, in Florida, those, where it's you have hot and then hail. So I mean, well, that's true. But I mean, again, that was one of those things. I, you know, I, I was watching some fellow the other day that was talking about the whole global warming thing, and um, you know, it, it's all about when you measure it because if you measure it in the middle of the Maunder minimum, we're hotter. If you go back to biblical times, we're cooler than we were back in biblical times. And so, and I mean, again, you can, you know, the, the, the temperature, the climate of the earth uh, changes, uh, you know, it, it just changes from time to time, but it stays pretty doggone stable and has for, you know, tens of thousands of years, uh, you know. And I don't and, know and, if you can say that they're going to call you a science denier. Well, that's the problem is that I am talking about the science i'm not <laughs> denying it i'm simply pointing it out of course that's one of the things again with the whole uh with the whole gender bender stuff going on where they you know they're they're absolutely in denial of everything that science tells us but uh you know i mean you can't change an x chromosome to a y chromosome or vice versa just because of the way you feel if you could that would make an interesting world but you can't but that was a, an interesting thing. But, uh, you know, I didn't mean to digress. Oh, you're fine. What was it? I remember, uh, didn't I send you a text not too long ago talking, telling you that I had found my new preferred pronouns? I don't recall, per se, but you, you might have. Oh, yeah, remember? It's that one that had Doc Holliday on, and it says, I identify as a threat. Uh. My, prona- <laughs> my pronouns are fuck around and find out. <laughs> Yes, I do remember that now. That was, I, that was I meant it. I meant it. I, I understand. I know the feeling. Well, this week's been interesting. I got called into HR. Oh, dear. It appeared, again, uh-huh. nothing new. Right. But it appears you can't call people stupid SOBs. Right. But you can say, I think... And because that way you're not really calling it. That way it's your opinion. So see, there's loopholes for everything. 
Well, of course. I mean, that's the that's the whole game of the law is to find a loophole and exploit it, I guess. Well, she said I made her cry, and I said, well, if I only made you cry, then I wasn't doing my job. Goodness. So... Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Michael. I have decided, but I'm going to be nice. I'm going to offer, I'm going to get her a great Christmas gift this year. I'm reaching out to the folks at Ocean Gate. I'm going to get her a seat on the next sub to the Titanic. <laughs> and hopefully it's a sequel to a repeat. <laughs> well, you know, and we talked about that a little while back. And, and again, that's the, that's the whole problem with composites and, and carbon fiber is that when they fail, they just fail. Boom, done. You know, it's like fiberglass. When it fails, it's it, Well, yeah, right. It's over. Yeah. And so you don't have, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to recover with that. But, you know, we don't need to go and beat that particular horse again. The, 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 the silver lining to that is that implosion occurs so rapidly that their brains never had an opportunity to realize that they were dying. Right, and right. and that is a that is a silver lining, in my opinion. I agree with that one hundred percent. Today, the uh, Joe Biden made a post on social media. Mm-hmm. He was talking about his son, the first crackhead. Mm-hmm. He put he is so I am so proud of my boy. He's been off drugs for three days, and he's reduced his payments to hookers by ten thousand dollars a week. <laughs> well, I am also fascinated we were he wasn't he hiring eighty seven thousand uh irs agents and, and how come any you know none of them have noticed that 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 uh strip clubs and and uh cocaine are not really tax deductible items no matter well, now wait a minute i will say this yes sir the cocaine maybe but i have brokered some of the best deals i've ever had at strip clubs well sir you know, more power to you. I will, uh, <laughs> I will doff my chapeau in your general direction. <laughs> but that was back but, in the uh, day when furniture people that brought over were mainly really old men, and all you had to do was take them, show them a half-naked woman, and is ready to sign the dotted line. Well, there you go. I understand. So, I didn't say it wasn't. A, I didn't say it wasn't valid business practice, but it's definitely not tax deductible. We had, I guess you could put it down as entertainment. We did have some sad news today. All right. Uh, you remember Darren Drozdov? Not that I he, can say. I think he played pro football for the Broncos for a couple of years and then got okay. into pro wrestling, and, and he wrestled with the Road Warriors and stuff till he hurt his neck really bad and then ended up in a wheelchair. I, I think his wrestling name, they called him Puke or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he, he he died today. I think he was uh, like fifty four or something like that. Well, that's a shame. That's yeah. He was a nose. Ta- he was a away. he was a nose tackle for the Denver Broncos. Oh, I got you. I got you. I was not aware. I thought you were going to talk about uh, the student loan forgiveness and uh, the uh, being overturned. Well, I'm by. a little bit aggravated with that. I understand that we don't have a monarch and. All that, and it's not really in his purview to do that. I get all that. I understand that. Well, Joe Biden doesn't understand that he's not a monarch, but go ahead. Joe Biden don't understand when his diaper's full either, but... 
That is true. Did you notice the interview he gave to MSNBC where he got done talking to the woman and couldn't find the way off the set and just wandered around behind her for like 10 or 15 minutes till they went to a commercial break? <laughs> yes, I did. I saw that. No, but what but, I'm saying know. is, is when I look at what's going on in this country and I look at uh-huh. everything that's going on, I probably could be more persuaded to spend the money for giving student loans uh-huh. for Americans than sending mm-hmm. it to Ukraine. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. Okay, but the, the thing about the the thing of the matter is that just like everything else that the federal government gets involved with, the cost of education skyrocketed more than doubled. Mm-hmm. as soon as the federal government became involved because it's become nothing more than a money laundering organization and you know to to make the wealthy and you know even wealthier and uh, that's therein lies the problem so you know the, the, the point being but you know I mean again if you it, it, it the whole thing is if you're going to forgive student loans then you should forgive mortgages and you should forgive uh, you know of course you should forgive any uh, monies borrowed towards health care and things of that nature. Well, now, see, I'm one of the ones that I firmly believe that uh, Medicare or Medicaid or whatever it all should be expanded to cover everybody. There is no reason for as many taxes and the record stuff that these people take in that Medicare, if done structured correctly, could not cover every American. Well, but the thing of the matter, and I and I don't disagree. I do not disagree. But again, that's the point: is that when the federal government becomes involved, then you just basically it's a blank check, and you start you know these these uh, politicians just start writing checks to various people so that they can get their kickbacks and whatnot, and uh, you know and and become multi billionaires, and and so. The thing of the matter is, again, if you look at the history of, of health care, if you go back to the to the 50s and whatnot, um, a stay a night stay in a hospital was cost you about the same as what a night stay in a hotel would cost you. Okay, not eighteen thousand dollars or whatever it is that they charge you these days, but the federal government, and the insurance agencies got involved with it and created a money laundering scheme so that they could all get wealthy. Yep. And now that's what, you know, the whole health care for profit industry is a result of that. And again, that's what the, the purpose of the government is to prevent these sorts of, you know, racketeering and things of that nature that, that come up. And unfortunately, because of the fact that these that's how these people become ridiculously wealthy now. Um, well, they that and the insider they, trading. They, well, that's part of it. it they, they, they actually exacerbate it or, or, or uh, enhance it, I guess, would be a, a way to put it. But regardless, it's, it's it, you know, again, the whole thing, government is supposed to be a balance between uh, chaos and tyranny. And the idea is to have enough laws that you don't have chaos, but not so many laws that you have tyranny. And we've gone to the point where we're a lot closer to tyranny than we are to chaos. Well, no, we've got tyranny and chaos because chaos is one of the tools that the government uses to keep the uh, public in fear so that they'll continue to believe the claptrap that uh, that they gaslight us with. 
Uh, and, and, you know, again, that one of my favorite movies is V for Vendetta. And, you know, they, the, the whole thing that they were offering was safety and security. They mm-hmm. didn't offer peace. They didn't offer prosperity. It was, we will keep you safe. And that's kind of the same message that we are getting from our federal government. You know, speaking of movies, however, and I think I was telling you about this, one of the, the uh, one of the movies that I just recently saw that I'm absolutely enamored with uh, is the movie Nefarious. The, and I you, highly you mentioned recommend, that too. That's on yeah. my list for this weekend. And I highly recommend that everyone watch that movie. Uh, for one thing, it is a great psychological thriller. Um, and if you are a if you are a Christian, then it is a very strong Christian message and and in in point of fact even if you're not uh, a Christian um, it does you know all, all of the, the the major religions well most of the major religions um, actually there is a significant amount of, uh, of uh, positive messaging about that uh, so I highly recommend it but the uh, the basic um, premise of the movie without giving anything away is that a death row inmate is about to be executed mm-hmm. and as he is about to be executed he just pipes up and says yep go ahead kill me I'm a demon and so then they the the movie is the interplay between a psychologist who happens to be an atheist and and is sent in there to determine if he is mentally sound enough to be executed. Well, it kind of defeats the purpose if he's been on death row as long as most people are on death row. Yeah, he and 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 they they refer to that in the movie. They they refer to that entire thing, but it is extremely well written and extremely well performed and um, I, I just absolutely highly recommend it. Well absolutely. I will definitely check that out. It, it, like I said it's, I added it to my watch list for this weekend after you were, I think we talked about that earlier in the week mm-hmm. and yep. uh, so I will definitely watch it this weekend and then we can discuss it and say because you know that demons and stuff like that I watch a lot of those mm-hmm. exorcist movies and the paranormal stuff because you know as we talked you know my buddy had the the experience with those kids that had the black eyes not too actually a few weeks ago actually i think at this point now really wasn't that long ago um i had um a friend of mine came out and uh he is not from around here let's just say that and uh, we were out. He had come to visit. This was late last week. And uh, he had come to visit, and he was getting ready to leave. And he was freaked out because it sounded like, he said, you've got to go out there. There is some woman somewhere. They're killing her. She is screaming. And I go out like, oh, wow, what are you talking about? And I go out and I said, that's not a woman getting killed. It's a bobcat. It is a bobcat. And it's oh. like... He had never heard a bobcat, and it, I mean, he was freaked out. He said, you're kidding me. There is no way. I said, dude, I 100% guarantee you that is a bobcat, because I know there's a den, because, you know, I've got a farm here. It's about 120-some acres, 
and back in the middle of the back toward the back end of the property there's a because you know i told you you know back in here it used to be old old gold mines and stuff mm-hmm. and there's a kind of a little mini ravine rock crevice and there's there's a big one pretty good size one that lives back there and that where that little creek and all that stuff is so i said well i will about guarantee you that's what it is oh yeah yeah they do sound like a woman screaming i've heard many of them i don't know what's scary here you know it's it's not so bad when you're standing in the front yard at the house it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit different when you're standing under a tree hunting a raccoon and the rascal's coming from the tree that the coon supposedly treed in. Well, yeah, I don't imagine it does much for the raccoon either. Well, that's true. <laughs> Remember, that reminds me of a story. Uh, mm-hmm. We all, I think you grew up on Jerry Clower stories. Oh, absolutely. Love Jerry Clower. Uh, mm-hmm. God rest his soul. But he used to tell the story about the coon hunting monkey. Yep, and I loved that story. And you know, nobody'd go hunting with the coon with the monkey because he looked too much like folks and needed to stay in a cage and keep locked up in the back of that truck. Mm-hmm. And that uh, New Gene said he would go, so they took his dog and the dog treed. You know, as Jerry said, the key to a good coon dog is a raccoon will tap a tree. And for you Yankees, what don't understand what tapping a tree means, that means they will jump from one tree to another. Right? So the good, the key to the being a good coon dog is making sure the raccoon's in the tree you said is. Ah, yes. And so he said that uh, that monkey, the, the dog's tree, they let the monkey out. Now the monkey comes out of his little, off his leash. He's got a flashlight in one hand. And a forty-five automatic in the other. <laughs> and he climbs up that tree, shining, 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 shining. Don't see, goes out on all the limbs, there's no raccoon. Uh-huh. He comes back down, climbs down the tree, thumb cocks that pistol, puts it up next to that dog's head, and boom! Just blows <laughs> that dog's brain slap out. And the guy goes, man, what do you mean? That trashy thing has done killed my dog. And he said, well... He said, there ain't one thing that monkey hates worse than a raccoon, and that's a lion coon dog. <laughs> you, I mean, Jerry, you couldn't beat Jerry Clower. He was amazing. And, you know, he Louis Grizzard was good. But, uh, you know, the, that nefarious kind of scene, there, I watched a movie, not, I don't know if it, how long ago it was, but it was, it it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about. It was, I think it was called Deliver Us From Evil. That sounds familiar. And there was one, I, th- I think what ended up happening is a group of soldiers had were over in Iraq, or uh-huh. Afghanistan, one of them, back during the, one of the Iraq wars. And they had fallen down into a, a sealed tomb. And one of them ended up getting possessed and they come back and come, and then, you know, it comes find out that he's possessed and all this stuff. And they're, the, of course, the heroes, like one of the guys that had gone over there, but he's a cop and he's trying to solve everything that went on. And it eventually tries to attack and kill his family, you know. But uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. But that, you know, stuff like that. I can watch Jason and Freddy and all that stuff. That doesn't scare me. 
Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. But stuff that could be real, like what it seems like this nefarious is like, stuff like that, that's what scares me. Oh, absolutely. One of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen in my life is called Hide and Seek. And I don't was, think I've uh, ever seen that one either. Well, it's a very well worth seeing. It's um, uh, Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning, I believe. Okay. And um, it is another psychological thriller. Um, it, you know, the, Robert De Niro is a uh, psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever. You know, he's in he's in the head game. And uh, Dakota Fanning is his daughter, and they move out into the country, and uh, there's all sorts of oddness that starts to occur when they're moved out in the country, and uh-huh. people start commits to taking dead and stuff like that uh, in in rather epic fashions. And out in the country, a surprise! Yep, way out in the country. Well, and, you can uh, tell a they moved out there without learning all the prerequisites for keeping the evil spirits out of the house. Well, that is the truth. You and know, cause we wouldn't have had that problem. Well, yeah. If it, I'm not going to spoil this movie, but yeah, we would have. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I watched. But that's it. the reason that it's actually kind of terrifying. I'll add that one to my list as well. I watched, there's a movie uh, called with uh, Richard Gere and Ed Norton that I watch every once in a while uh, again, but it's really good. And Ed Norton is playing a character that's accused of murdering a priest. And um, he's playing it like he's schizophrenic. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about it either. But that is one of those movies that you're just kind of when it, you see the ending of it, you're like, I totally did not see that coming. And my degree, oh, yeah. my my you know my college work and all degrees and stuff are in psychology, and I totally didn't see this coming. Right. So I think I think hide and seek will surprise you as well. What was the name of that movie with Richard Gere and Primal Fear? Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 All right, I think I have seen that, but it has been a hot minute ago. Yeah, you, well, it came out in like the mid-90s, but it was one of right. those ones that, you know, it, you see it. I never was a big fan of Richard Gere, but it's one of the ones where you not, didn't want to like pay to go to the movies to see it. But if it right. pops up on like TMC or AMZ or whatever the TV channels are, you know, you'll sit and watch it. Right. And so I did that. You know, when I, there was a movie... And I, to this day, do not know what the name of this movie is. I swore up and down to, to my parents one night that I had watched this movie before and it would not give me bad dreams. Okay. I was wrong. <laughs> On both counts, because I had not seen this movie before, and it uh-huh. did give me bad dreams. But in fairness, right. I was like seven or eight years old. Sure. This It's a Halloween movie. And the man and white woman, it, it, I'm assuming, from what I remember, it takes place around in the 30s. You know, kind of Dust Bowl type area era. Okay. And they have a special needs child. Well, right. the special needs child had done something to offend the neighbors or something by whistling at his daughter or something. Okay. You know, the great sin of whistling at somebody, of course, you know, that, I guess, looking back now, I guess that has uh, undertones of Emmett Till and all that. 
sure. But uh, anyway, the, the, to hide this special needs kid went out into the field and dressed up as a scarecrow. Okay. So they would not find him. Well, they found him and stabbed him with a pitchfork and killed him. Well, every Halloween after that, this scarecrow appeared and then come and killed people. Yeah. I had, I couldn't look at a scarecrow for months, and I still give them a wide berth and the kind of leery eye every time I see one now. Well, you know, and I had a similar experience with the first The Grudge movie. Oh yeah, good movies. When and I was grown up. I mean, I was a grown man. I had my children and all of that stuff, and I watched that blooming movie on a date, no less. And uh, was laying there. Now, the big problem I had is there was one particular scene where the, the, the grudge starts climbing up from the foot of somebody's bed. Now, was this the original one or the remake? The original. The original, okay. Yeah, and uh, the doggone thing, they had the exact same comforter on that on the, on that oh, oh. bed that I had on mine. <laughs> so, it's like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting there, you know, couldn't sleep and uh, of course the you know the thought going through my mind is you know come on man come on <laughs> man 15 years old they're good they're good <laughs> folks folks come on man <laughs> all right now sorry don't be doing that to me well they so don't they, compare you know, me to that i have the same it. problem because i'll watch some of this stuff and i'm like you know in your mind this stuff like that first off the grudge wouldn't have bothered me for the simple fact that they were in Japan and it was a Japanese thing. I would have not had a problem with that. But, uh, uh, uh -huh. you, you know, I live in an old house, right? Uh-huh. Where my bedroom is used to be a living room. Uh-huh. And that's where the caskets went when the people died and the family for the people right. to come visit. So right. every night I'm laying right where all them dead people live like. Yeah, that could be a little disconcerting. Well, hey, I look at it like this. If they are still here, mm -hmm. they are family, and they have lived here longer than I have. And that is a valid point and an excellent attitude. Well, and again, the thing of the matter is that, uh, you know, woolly boogers and stuff like that, they, they now again, with if, if you believe in the whole poltergeist phenomenon, then, I mean, some, one of them might be able to knock you in the head with a can that it knocks off a shelf or something like mm -hmm. that or fling, a, fling a, uh, uh, a cabinet door open and cause you to bump your head against mm -hmm. that. But they really can't, it, uh, uh, you know, spooks really can't hurt you. Well, let, let's clarify that. Well, let's clarify that. Right. Or at yeah. this point, we're not talking about demons. <laughs> Correct. But even demons... Don't have, I mean, again, if you look at the book of Job, even demons have no power over you unless they are given, unless you either give them power over you mm -hmm. will, willingly, or if the, you know, if Almighty God lets them have power over you, which he doesn't. I mean, you have to invite, it's like a vampire, you have to invite them in. Right. in order for them to be able to do anything. Now, they can scare you to within an inch of your sanity, mm -hmm. but they can't really 
they're not allowed to um, actively damage you unless you let them, if you make have, if that makes sense. Have you seen, because you, you and I both have dealt with people with dementia and Alzheimer's yeah. and stuff like that. Have you seen the movie The Taking of Deborah Logan? I have not. If you get an opportunity, add that to your watch list. It's probably, I know it's, I'm pretty sure it's on all the streaming stuff. It's an older movie. Uh, it came out in like 2014 or something. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, it's free on Tubi, Sling, Voodoo. Um, yeah, it's okay. it's free pretty I'll much everywhere. Uh, but... Um, the premise of this story is the woman they think the, the her family thinks she has Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh-huh. But the the question then becomes that they're trying to figure out is it Alzheimer's or dementia or is she possessed? Well, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this, you know, this one this particular movie for me, hit kind of strong because you know it, that was right after I had dealt with my grandfather's passing with Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So when you watch it, and you know you usually watch this, and it's kind of like a roller coaster. the The lure of the movie is that cheap, quick thrill that's over with. But as I had watched this and listened to what they were saying, even though I knew this was all fiction i'm sitting here and i'm questioning myself and everything that we did to say well did we overlook something with mm-hmm. my with paul paul but uh you know it, it, it's just kind of because you know that yeah, memory is a gift of god would yes. you not agree i would agree but i would would dare to say that it is it's a memory is a gift of god that cannot be taken away but it is a double-edged sword because the same memory can not only give you joy but it can also bring pain yes and absolutely. so it is you know it, it it's a blessing and a curse sure so you know it's just one of those things well, and, again, and surprisingly, that one I just looked up uh, when that movie came out, and Nefarious is actually rated in the top ten of um, um, suspense thrillers for the last five years. Oh yeah, it is. It is absolutely well deserved. But again, back to the to, to what I was going to add on to that again, and we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, as as human beings, we tend to, to fall prey to pride, hubris. I believe hubris. is what the correct uh, Greek word was for it. Yep. But you know, and and we always look at our forebears and we think, oh, they didn't know what they were talking about. Now, our forebears very much believed in what we refer to today as the supernatural, with demons and genies and jinn mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff like that. Fairies. I mean, again. That's if you talk to the people in Ireland uh, about it. Would would you if you ask them would you go and damage a fairy circle? And there's fairy circles all over Ireland, and they'll go, nope. Right. Okay. So I mean, we still believe in these things. Wait a minute. Uh, wanna, wait a minute. I want to pause you right there. There was. A, did okay. you see the news article this week? Which one? 
they a lady has had bought a house and they've they've verified that the story is legitimate. I just uh-huh. want to preface this, but she had bought a house in Ireland. It's funny uh-huh. you should say that. I've got the article bookmarked somewhere. When we when we get a chance, I'll send it to you, and then we can discuss it further. She uh-huh. was remodeling the house. The house was built in like. It was a barn, one of the barns that had been remodeled had been built in like 1520 or something. Okay. As they were cleaning, <coughs> excuse me, as they were cleaning out, she found a, found a small wooden cask. Uh-huh. In the cask, excuse me one second. Oh, right. Was I talking? Go ahead. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. I understand it. The air quality is terrible right at the moment. It is, but that she was her plan was to remodel this and turn it into mm-hmm. a uh, bed and breakfast type deal because mm-hmm. it it's near the coast, uh, right. and she this has been her dream. She she is sure. Irish, by the way. Okay, um, but this had been her dream since she was a little girl. Uh, she never thought she was going to be able to afford it. Uh, she came into some money when her uh, mother, when her parents passed away. Sure. They had some insurance or something that she didn't know about. So she bought this place. And I want to say, if I read the article right, she had been there before around there on vacation. That's how she fell in love with this area. Sure. Or as they would say over there, holiday. Right. But anyway, they found this wooden cask as uh-huh. they were cleaning the stuff out. And it's okay. inside the wooden cask was a complete human skeleton. They verified that the bones are re- legit. They hadn't verified what they are. A complete miniature skeleton that looks like it's got the bones of wings attached to the back of it being like the edges and stuff and Uh the lady said i can't the it's a universe some university the some university in ireland has it i can't remember if it's in belfast or dublin Mm -hmm. okay but they have verified that it is bone Uh that it's not human but they can't find any animal matches for it either interesting and so she says, and she believes, and one thing she said when you was talking about the fairy circles, is mm-hmm. that she is thinking that this is a fairy. Well, and that is one of the things, there's a story about a man that was, uh, he was, uh, he had worked with DeLorean, I cannot remember what manufacturer, but he was a billionaire, mm-hmm. extremely wealthy, maybe not a billionaire, but he was at the very least a millionaire. And uh, he, you know, again, had been working with uh, with John DeLorean and whatnot like that, and they were just basically printing money and right. whatnot. And the man bought a house and then proceeded to um, move a fairy circle on that house and then within just a, you know, the, on the property so that the house could sit where he wanted the house to sit. Right, and uh, according to what I read or what I was told or whatever about that, um, shortly thereafter, the man wound up just absolutely destitute. And of course, the uh, you know the, the lore is, and I and who am I to argue with it? 
was that uh, he, you know, it was because he disturbed the fairy circle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, well, you know, that's kind of like here in the south. When you right. come up to a house, particularly one that is old as mine, and right. you see a tree in the front yard that has glass bottles in it, it's right. not a fashion statement. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, and again, that goes back to the original thing I was, uh, was alluding to, is we always think, you know, that, well, they didn't know, you know, they, they were just stupid, they were just ignorant, they were uneducated. Well, you know, they were not educated in the things that we have, you know, and, and granted, you know, I am a big believer in science, you know this, I've, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time doing scientific research and stuff, just on my own, because I'm a curious individual. But we don't know everything, and when if you are if you're not too proud, the more you learn, the more you realize how little we actually know. For example, I was watching this. Uh, uh, it was actually a YouTube thing that, that that I got sucked into just the other day uh, about weird things about magnetism, and um, they were talking about black holes and one of the strange uh-huh. phenomena about black holes now of course a black hole is a star that has imploded upon itself and has such high gravity that nothing can escape except for x-rays and magnetism now that's an intriguing point that magnetism you you can sense the magnetic fields and whatnot mm-hmm. so I mean again magnetism and gravity and electricity for that matter there are things that we observe we can observe how they act we can observe what they can do but we really don't know what they are and that goes back to the whole analogy when I was talking about the Large Hadron Collider and I, and, and I'm not demeaning the research and the science that you mean in that do, thing they that, are brilliant. That, that spinny thing that goes around real the fast spinny thing yeah. that goes around real fast now I mean again I'm not demeaning what these people do because they are intelligent. They are brilliant. But again, we, you know, we're, we're, it goes back to Plato's allegory in the cave, okay, where they're, you know, that there's a fire behind them and they're looking at the shadows that the fire is casting on the wall. And that's what their interpretation of reality is. And I think that's a very apt description. And we just, what, you know, that what we don't know so tremendously outweighs what we know you know it's these are the reasons that uh, you know i look at things and go well you know hey maybe bigfoot is an interdimensional character who knows and it's entirely possible that black holes are 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 just holes between dimensions or something of that nature no. i don't know we don't have enough well knowledge. i mean we well, i don't have enough knowledge. well wh- right but uh, like wherever there's smoke there's fire like one of the oh, yeah. One of the main stories about um, werewolves took place in France. Right. Over like a 300-year period. Uh Uh-huh. And they, to this day, uh, I think it was between 1765 and 1767, over 100 Uh people were killed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not going to try to say the areas because a i don't speak french but that was one of the things that led to people believing there were werewolves because people 
reported what they were seeing attacking the people, and that's what it looked like. Well, and again, these there there have been stories throughout time about shape changers and things of that nature. And like Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. Which exactly. by the way I forgot came on on Tuesdays. Uh oh. I'll have to get catched up. Indeed. But yeah, so again the whole point being that, you know, it's it's best to keep an open mind because you just never know when you're gonna be when you're gonna find out that you have to read. Well, I mean well and that's like even in today's world, we're finding like I read an article the other day found some kind of bird that was had supposedly been extinct for two million years, but yet there's a whole colony of them on an island in the South Pacific. Well, then, you know, again, it's like the coelacanth was thought to have been extinct for millions of years, and then turned they, they turned up off of, somewhere in, off of the coast of Africa, mm-hmm. alive and well. Right. So, so we, yeah. what we are, our hubris is... Although we have a position as usually thinking that we are the top of the food chain. Right. Sometimes we are some of the dumbest creatures on earth. Well, and I agree. Uh, you know, and again, we, we, we also, you know, yeah, we tend to not take very good care of our environment or pay very much attention to things that are going on outside of mm-hmm. our own and our own self-interests. And that's a human condition, and it's a it's a sad thing. But uh, I think that's a lot to do with it. But again, the whole point of the matter of uh, one of the things that I always bring up is we we look we look and look down our nose at our ancestors and all those people. They didn't have the education that we have now. They didn't know what we know now. But those same people put a man on the moon without a, without even so much as a pocket calculator using mm-hmm. slide rules. Okay, well, let, let's brain. go. Well, let's go a little bit further back than that. Sure. They went to every right. continent on the planet. Exactly. Yep. And and again, this is and my wait a minute. This is the most important two things they did and knew. Mm-hmm. They All knew right. the definition of the word "woman" in their language, and they knew that there were only two genders. Well, these are both true as well. But the point that I always make to my kids is, they knew how to preserve food without mm-hmm. refrigeration and matter of fact invented refrigeration to make it easier okay so they had to be pretty doggone smart, smart. people right I, I think the difference as i see it the main difference between people yesteryear and people today and i, I don't want to say that we're dumber because well, no i think we are well no i know well here's what i'm thinking here just the things we take, I don't think that we're dumber. I think in some areas we have focused our mental abilities at another avenue and lost sight of stuff that really should not have been that we take for granted, like food oh, production. Yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. take for granted that if you sail east, you're going to hit another body of water or another land or something like that. Right. So we de- we don't ha- have not had to worry about that stuff. So our hubris gives us the ability to think we're masters of the universe, and in the sure. grand scheme of things, we're nothing. 
And and that's absolutely true. Now, but my point would be very simply: Have you ever seen what the exit exit exams for high school looked like in the early 1900s? No, but I saw what an eighth grade test looked like, and I knew I couldn't pass that. Exactly. I mean, it. You had to know what. I mean, if you were a high school graduate around the turn of the, you know, around, at, at, around the first half of the 20th century, you had to know a lot of stuff. Right. Okay. And I and, think and, that the difference is, is now that's where the emphasis got put on graduating high school to get a high school education so you could get a job. Now, right. for all intents and purposes, the bachelor's degree is what the high school diploma was in the old days, except add in basket weaving and pottery arts and stuff like that i would i would have to take issue with that and say no i don't think that the i don't think that your bachelor's degree prepares you as well for life in general and that is by intent and by design there is a series um that uh it was on fox uh nation Mm-hmm. that Pete Hegseth did where he outlined the ongoing efforts of the Department of Education to dumb the population down. And again, as, as George Carlin famously said, they don't want an educated population. They want a population that is just smart enough to pay their taxes and not smart enough to, to look at the real world around them and pay attention to the fact that it is different uh-huh. than what they're being told. Well, with and that so said, though, they have reached jokes. the pinnacle because you've got uh, the exact epitome of that sitting in the White House now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, but again, not just in the White House. Again, you know, very typically the politicians are not the brightest and best. They're supposed to be. But again, it goes back to, and this is the thing that people are not taught in um, in the education system. I mean, in civics in high school, they taught us, my generation, how to or uh, how the government was designed to work. And Correct. so right. it's like the and, and and people don't know this today. All right. So the federal government has essentially two jobs. One is to provide for the common defense, and the second one is to promote the general welfare by doing things like maintaining inter- interstate infrastructure. But they have no business in the department or in education. They have no business in healthcare. That's all the purview of the individual states. Right. Now we'll pull back from that. Congress's job is to allocate the money, write the budgets, write the laws, and generally create and shape the uh, laws and whatnot of both the United States or your local state according to the prevailing will of the population of that state okay? right and of course of the United States all right now but but in and the executive branch is in charge of enacting those laws and policies so that's your governor or in the case of the federal government the president and the office of the president so his job is, I've got my marching orders from Congress. The congressional leaders are, or the Congress is elected by the, their, the constituency of their state. I'm supposed to follow what they do. I'm not supposed to put out you know, presidential proclamations and edicts. 
I'm not supposed to stroke things out with the power of the pen. That is for that the the only reason they have that authority is in the event of you know a foreign power attacking us. It takes a minute to get Congress in the same room to be able to declare war. Right. Okay. So it's for emergency purposes only. And what we've got, you know, the past several uh, several years or so, they think they're an elected monarch, and that's not what they are. And then, of course, Joe Biden talking about the Supreme Court and how evil they are and how much damage they've done. They did their job. Their job is to, um, if if Congress produces a set of laws that violate the existing laws of our Constitution, the Supreme Court is supposed to say, no, nope, you can't do that. If the executive office, conversely, does something that violates the Constitution, they are supposed to tell him, nope, you can't do that. So they did their job. They told him, you are not a elected monarch. And that's not doing damage. That's preventing damage. But, you know, the talking heads on, uh, the, on the news media are just absolutely eating that whole thing up with a spoon and continuing to put forth that false narrative that, you know, I mean, again, that's why people get so amped up about the, um, about the presidential election. And, you know, the president, he's supposed to be, I mean, again, all of these people are supposed to work for their constituents and for the will of the people, Mm -hmm. but they spend most of their time soliciting uh, donations to either the Republican Party or the or the uh, uh, Democrat Party, and not actually doing their job. So that's true, because it's all about the money. It's you know we're we're not even a we're not even a uh, we're not even really a self-respecting oligarchy. We're a plutocracy run by an idiot and a crackhead. Well, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say he runs it. I don't think he's smart enough to run it, but he is the figurehead. He's the bag man. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's Uh, the snout and the curly tail and everything in between. God bless America. If you don't like America, get the fuck out. Roger that, my friend. You have a good evening. And we gone. (laughs) You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUNDGRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground.